In today's episode, I'm talking about Q&A. 2020 hit pageants hard. And whilst everyone else is talking about how to walk, how to talk and how to dress, no one's answering the real questions like, what should I do when I've lost all motivation? How can I regain my confidence? How do I pick myself up after a soul-destroying pageant experience? Or should I even be doing pageants in the first place, especially after 2020? It's time to make sure your inner game is as strong as your outer game. It's time to make sure you're aligned so that you're pulled towards your goals rather than being pulled apart. It's time to put that imposter syndrome to rest once and for all. I'm your host, Adrian Kwan, and welcome to the Pageant Boss Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Pageant Boss Podcast. I'm going to keep it short today uh, for a couple of reasons. One is I recorded an episode on how to start up your own podcast for free. I recorded that over on the Rat Race is Dead podcast. I know a lot of you are going to want to listen to that because maybe you've either just started your own podcast or you thought about it and you don't know where to start. So I'm going to encourage you strongly to listen to that one. Um, And also... There's a bit in there I did about specifically interview podcasts because a lot of you want to have guests on and I have some pretty, let's say, strong opinions on interviews and interviewers uh, and what it takes to be a good interviewer and understand, look, I don't have a giant ego, but I feel I have the right to talk about a few things with authority and interviewing is one of them because I've interviewed over the four or five years, over 200, probably closer to 300 people by now. Honestly, I've stopped it. I've stopped counting. Um, so I, I'm going to encourage you to listen to that if you've ever thought about listening to a podcast because if you thought about it, do it. What have you got to lose? So no one listens. You'll still learn a lot, okay? If a lot of people listen in, great, okay? So go listen to that one. Uh, I will, if I remember, I will whack the link to it in the show notes below. That being said, what I wanted to talk about today Q&A, on-stage Q&A, so not really interview questions, but question and answer, judge asks you a question, you've got to answer on stage. I want to talk about that because uh, Miss World Australia and Miss Universe Australia State Finals are coming up, and part of a significant part of that is the on-stage Q&A. Now, let's keep it short. How to do a good Q&A. First off, first off, and 99% of the game, you have to handle your mindset. You have to take control of your state right? And I don't have the time to, to go through the whole how you can manifest, I'm not even manifest, how you can, how can you get confident when you need it on tap? Not how, how to do that versus just hoping you turn up and be confident, right? Because there are some people, uh, you think of professional athletes, the best in the world, when they turn up, doesn't matter what you think of them, when they turn up, they're confident, they're good to go, they believe they're going to win, they don't think they're going to win, they believe it with every fiber of their soul, they believe they deserve to be there. Now, how you do that, the quick one, I don't have time to go into it, physiology-focused language, the main part of that is a physiology, which is how you're using your body. So, think about it, you're on stage, how are you standing? Just How would a confident person stand? Okay, do that. How would a confident person be breathing? Okay, I want you to do that too. What would their facial expression be like? Okay, do that. Uh, Where would their hands be? Okay, do that. There's research that shows if you are in a powerful body posture, body position, 
do it for two minutes and you start to feel really good about yourself. Part of that research also shows that if you're in a kind of defeated body posture, do that for two minutes, you're going to feel pretty crap about yourself. That probably doesn't surprise you. But technically what's happening is it's all your physiology. So your body dramatically and directly affects the way you feel. So just make sure you don't get it the wrong way around. It's not, oh, I'm, I'm, I felt confident today. I happen to feel confident today. So of course I'm standing up nice and tall. No, no, no. You're standing up nice and tall and breathing deep. That's why you're feeling confident. I mean, if you doubt this, put a giant stupid smile on your face right now. And in the middle of putting on a genuine, really big, happy smile on your face, get depressed. It kind of, it doesn't really work, right? Because your physiology affects the way you feel. It pretty much is the way you feel. Physiology is 90% of that 99% game, right? If how you feel is 99% of it, the easiest way to change it is your physiology, okay? So adopt the body posture, the smile, the breathing. It's not just how you stand, it's the breathing, it's everything. Basically go and mimic the biggest badass you know on stage. Do that. Interestingly enough, you're going to start to feel like a bit of a badass. The other two, because I said it's physiology, focus and language. It's called the triad, three things. The focus is what are you focusing on? Now that's more in terms of, at least on stage, is where does your focus go? Are you focused on the judges? Are you focused on yourself? But it's more than that. It's like, okay, you're focused on yourself. And if you're focused on yourself and how you're going to screw up, that does affect your state, right? But if you're focused on yourself and you're focused on how much you're enjoying the experience and how great you're feeling, you're going to feel better about it, okay? So it's what you're focusing on, but also what that focus means to you. So you could be focused on the judges and going, oh my God, this judge, I'm focused on this judge and this judge is going to give me, is looking at me funny and he's going to ask me or she's going to ask me a really difficult question and oh my God, this judge hates me. On the other hand, you could look at the judge and go, you know what, this judge looks a bit, looks a bit funny, um, looks like he's a bit bored or something. I'm going to try and do a funny answer to, to make him laugh or make her laugh, right? So different focus, different way you feel. The third part is language. Now, I'm not talking about what you say in your answer, because in Q&A, you'll be silent up until you get asked the question, I assume. It's the language that's going on in your own head, okay? So if you're on stage about to answer the most important question of your life, and you're going, oh my God, don't screw up, 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 you then screw up. But that's not going to surprise you if I tell you that, is it? On the other hand, I mean, silence is probably preferable to criticizing yourself over and over again. But um, there is something, and this doesn't really apply maybe to pageantry, but there's a technique just called verbal overloading, which basically means out loud, you just keep saying to yourself something like, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss. And because you are saying it, and it's, you have to say it again and again and again, you literally can't say or think anything else. That's a way to trick your brain. Now, um, you probably don't want to be yelling, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, when you're doing your walk-up to do the Q&A. But if you can at least learn how to talk positively to yourself, or you have some sort of affirmation you're saying as you're walking, another one you could do is simply count out the rhythm of your steps in your head. So you're saying one and two and three and four in your head. 
as silly as that sounds, that's much better than saying, oh my God, I'm going to screw up. Oh my God, I just screwed that. I'm such an embarrassment. Oh my God, why did I do that? I always, I did every time I'm going to do, rather than doing that, it might be better to just count out the tempo of your steps. One and two, or whatever it is. I doubt it's going to be one and two and three and four, because that's how some of you walk when you get nervous, right? Or some of you go, oh, I've been told to walk slowly, and then you become one and two. And then you become one of those embarrassing queens that everyone wants to get off the stage, but you just keep standing there like a brick wall. Okay, so take control of language, specifically what you're saying to yourself. I mean, in day-to-day life, what you're saying out loud is what really counts. So don't say, oh my God, I'm so stupid all the time, because guess what? That's not going to make you feel great. But when it comes to Q&A, it's, we're talking about the internal dialogue. Okay, so most important part of Q&A, feeling confident. Or feeling like a badass, whatever it is for you. How do I take control of that? The triad. Physiology. Focus. Language. If you only remember one of those, physiology. Walk like your favorite badass, you will feel like your favorite badass, and then you will be a badass. I like the word badass. Doesn't sound right in my normal accent, badass. Uh, So, that's by far my number one tip. Feel confident. Most people don't know how to do that, though. Most coaches don't know how to tell you to do that because they don't know about psychology and neurolinguistic programming. They'll just say, manifest it and smile. But if you're smiling and envisioning, trying to envision being successful whilst at the same time you're simultaneously crapping your pants, at the very least, you're going to be, uh, you're going to have an inner conflict, right? We don't want you to have the inner conflict. We want you to be feeling, knowing you're on fire, you can do it, Okay that feeling of certainty, that you can crush whatever question comes your way. Now, in terms of the, so that's the psychology, which is by far like the 80-90% part. The 10%, the 10%, the 20%, which is the mechanics, and that is important, because there are certain mechanics to answering the question well, or techniques. These are the ones that I've picked up, okay, from other coaches, from judges, and from just watching people answer Q&A and sometimes do really well and sometimes fall flat on their face, metaphorically. One, answer the damn question. Answer it, right? The number of people, the number of girls I see who get asked maybe a slightly difficult question, or a question that they don't have an opinion on, and then, you know, you count down from three, two, one, and it's like commence verbal diarrhea. You know those embarrassing answers where the person, the girl, talks for 30 seconds, but hasn't actually said anything, and then either apologizes at the end or says thank you, and everyone's just looking at them to each other and going, what What did she just... Sorry, phone cut out, ran out of storage. But you get it, right? The, the person who just waffles and doesn't actually answer the question. So your first thing, and I got this from a Miss Universe director, is she said, answer the question. Give your opinion, right? For, clearly, I agree or I disagree right, or whatever it is, and then you go on to the second part of your question is to obviously justify or explain your opinion, you don't just say, I agree, disagree, and then walk off, okay, so you're feeling confident, you get the question, and however you want to stand there, you obviously have to find some sort of pose that enables you to feel confident, but is also appropriate to pageantry, the big thing is where to decide where to put your hands, just on that, probably should have covered this first, but people sometimes when they get nervous, um, you'll be holding a microphone, probably, they either fidget with the microphone, or they fidget with their hair, or they fidget with jewellery, 
Um, literally one of the things tips I heard that I thought was really good one was don't wear any dangly jewelry because if you do like a bracelet or you're eating or something, the tendency is when you get a bit nervous to twitch, uh, to, to fiddle with it. And you might not even know this, but to fiddle with it. And that's incredibly distracting. And if you're fiddling with a microphone, you might even be making a sound, which is really annoying as well. Okay. Um, in fact, the other thing is, so you're going to answer the question and you give your opinion. Where to hold the microphone? For God's sakes, do not hold it in front of your mouth unless you want everyone to hate you. <laughs> because what happens is what we call plosives. Plosives are p, t, k. Now, in normal conversation, that's fine. But when you're holding a microphone to your mouth and you say p, k, t, any of those harsh sounds, right? you cause what's called a plosion, well, a plosion that, as in the boom sound from the mic because the wind is hitting the mic, the, the condenser on the mic and making an explosive sound. So you will be assaulting everyone's eardrums. So how about we don't do that? Okay. The best place to put the mic, honestly, is underneath, just, just close to your chin because your voice box and your vocal cords, and you think about it, where it is, it's in your throat, in your upper part of your chest. If you hold it near to there, and you can point it, you know, slightly at your throat, or just hold it straight up and down, whichever one is easiest for you, then, and you don't speak into it, because believe me, people are going to hear it just by ho you holding the microphone next to your vocal cords. Um, and if they need to, if they say, can you repeat that more loudly, then speak more loudly, but do not, or move it slightly close to your mouth, but do not put, the, it's not an ice cream cone. Okay, <laughs> do not, do not put it in front of your mouth because you were and everyone be going, oh my God, my eardrums, okay? If it's a microphone on a stand, then try and have it so that it's in the same position as well. So not right in front of your mouth. So if it's a little bit low or a little bit high, you need to adjust it, adjust it. Please adjust, don't go, oh, I don't want to be awkward, so I'm not going to adjust, no. Because this is this is where this is your time to shine. Get get them to get the equipment right, or ask. Just say, "Am I? Can I adjust this, please?" Because it's at the wrong height. What's the point of you giving your answer when we can't hear it? Okay. And if you give your answer without getting the microphone right because you're too embarrassed, that shows you're not really queen material, right? You don't feel like you own that stage. You're letting something, some outside condition like the microphone being too high or too low. And you, you feel like you don't have the right to, to have your five minutes and whatever it is, your 30 seconds and that be heard. No. Adjust it. Get it right. And as I said, point it at your, uh, point it at the, at your throat or the upper part of your chest, but make sure whatever you're doing that it's not directly in front of your mouth. Okay? Um, so that's really important. Don't put it in front of your mouth. Uh, of course, if it's a free holding mic, you're holding it. If it's a mic on a stand, I would actually generally say don't hold on to it. You know, we're not doing a singing karaoke bar. You don't need to swing with the mic because um, if you are fiddling with the mic or you're holding the pole, you might be accidentally bumping the mic and again making, getting the mic to make weird sounds, which is very distracting. Uh, so you got to work out where to put your hands. So you can clasp them. Um, I, I think generally people don't put their hands on their hips when they're answering a question, but you can ask an actual, like, the pageant coach where you can put your hands or just watch someone else. Whatever feels natural, okay? I don't think there's any right or wrong there. There's just don't do weird stuff with your hands. Don't fiddle, 
Okay? Um, so, let's recap. You're in a great state because you handled your physiology. You're modeling your favorite badass. You get to the microphone. You make sure it's at the right height. You're holding it or you're holding it in the right position. It's not in front of your mouth. We don't want to deafen the audience. That would be a bad thing. All right, question comes in. You listen to the question. What do we do? All right, we listen to the question. Do we understand it? If yes, we give our opinion. If no, we ask them to repeat the question. We don't answer a question that we think they ask when we don't know what it is. Okay? <laughs> so, you hear the question. Okay, did you get it? Great. Let's answer. Yes, no. State our opinion first. We didn't hear it. Could you repeat, could you repeat the question, please? And you're holding the microphone in the right part. Okay, hold it still. Don't move it in front of your mic when you get nervous, in front of your mouth when you get nervous and start deafening everyone, okay? Um, hear the question. Take a moment if you need to understand it. If it's a question that you've rehearsed and you've got really strong opinions about, you won't need to. You can go straight into it, all right? A lot of people like to start by saying, thank you for the question. Cool, if you want to do that. I always think it's a bit weird, it's a bit pageanty, but you can do that. State your opinion. Go into the justification. Or the meantime, Try and stay pretty still. Do not move the microphone in front of your mouth. That's going to be the temptation. It is not an ice cream cone. Okay, I would actually say it's all right to be using your free hand, or you can free hands if you're not holding the mic, but if you're holding the mic in one hand, you'll have one hand free. If it's a mic on a stand, you'll have two hands. I actually don't think it's a bad thing to use a little bit of hand gestures because that's how we speak normally. Some people want to keep their hands behind their back, and I think that's okay for maybe people who are too, like, they express everything with their hands, right? There's like a pantomime going on in front of you. So you could do that as well. But I don't think there's anything wrong with hand gestures specifically to, to really make your point, okay? You answer the question. So you've given your opinion. You've justified it. And this will take practice, but know when to cut it off. You don't want to cut it off too short because you haven't explained yourself and you don't want to waffle when you're just kind of repeating yourself or not adding anything to your answer. Now, how do you do that, you ask? Well, practice. Practice. If I remember, I will put my link to the 175 interview questions I read out. Pageant Planner had 175 questions, which is great. But you don't read the question when you go on stage. You get it asked to you. So I'll put the link to it. It's a podcast episode. It's a YouTube video in my in the pageant project podcast. And you can just go to any part in the podcast and you get asked a random question. One of the ones from the pageant planet. Stop the podcast there. Answer it. Record your answer. See how long it took. Listen back. Okay. That was about right timing, but I didn't answer the call. That was too short. That was too long. Okay. Go to another part in the podcast. Ask another question. Answer it again. Okay. Was that better? All right. So practice again and again and again. You, generally, you're going to want to keep to about 30 seconds. That's that's generally acceptable with a Q&A on stage. Right. And you want to make sure you gave an opinion. You answered the question. And you gave a reasonable justification, okay? If you can get some of your story in there, because it's kind of like an interview, you can get sort of more your advocacy or your story in there, all the better, but make sure it's relevant. That's where practice comes in, because the more practiced you are and the better you are at interview, the more you can sort of segue into the stuff you really want to talk about and make it seem natural, rather than just going, well, I'm not going to answer the question, I'm going to talk about my advocacy. No, you, we're not dumb. We can see when you do that. All right, but there's definitely a skill to segueing smoothly to including the stuff that you want to talk about. So that's practice, 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 practice. 
Aim for about 30 seconds. Do it, time it, record it, listen to it straight away. Do it again until, you know what? You can do it in your sleep. And then you walk off. Give the mic to the next girl, if you would be so kind. Um, If you'd like to help her, get it to the right height. If it was, if you're a lot taller than them or shorter than them, that could actually be nice. Uh, One of my pet peeves is when girls sort of throw the microphone backwards and just smile. It's like, uh, you can have the mic now. I don't know if you're supposed to do that or not. I understand you want your time to shine, but, you know, it'd be nice to make eye contact, I think, and actually pass it to the next girl as a human being. Uh, Aside from that, you walk off, you're done. That's it. Okay? That would be my Adrian's Guide as to how to crush Q&A, onstage Q&A. Will there be people who disagree with what I said? Yes. But I would like to see anyone who does Q&A really well not follow the basic outline of what I just said. So to recap, one, you you get on there, you are confident, you are on fire, right? You are a badass. You walk like it. Physiology-focused language. You strut like you own that stage. It is your time to shine. You own that stage. That's 90% done honestly. And even if you made a mistake after that, because you walked on so confident, so happy, and so glad to be there, people are going to love you anyway. Okay, let's be honest. You've won. You get to the stage, for God's sakes, hold the mic at the right place or position it correctly. Do not proceed with a microphone that is ill-placed or do not, it is not an ice cream cone. Okay? I'm sorry to be yelling at you, but it's, it's, you need to know how bad it is when someone puts the microphone in their mouth and then answers it. It's like, oh my God, I've gone deaf. Okay. Um, you get asked a question. Okay. Meanwhile, you're standing, whatever, suppose you have decided to stand, don't fidget, no jewelry, no jingly stuff. Okay. You get the question. Did you hear the question? If not, could you repeat, repeat the question, please? If yes, pause if you need to, to think of your answer, or if you already got an answer because that's something you thought about, go into it. First thing, we answer the question. We don't digress. We don't waffle. We answer the question, we give our opinion, and then we justify. We know how, how short to keep it, how much to expand it, because we practiced keeping our answers to 30 seconds, because we practiced 100 times, Okay. You need to practice. Guess what? You don't get good at anything without practicing. Some of you might be more natural at it, but everything comes with practice, right? Even if you're not natural, you can get there with practice. You know when to cut it off because you practiced again. Hand the microphone to the next girl. You do your smile. Hand the microphone to the next girl. Please don't sconsor in the head with a microphone by throwing it over your shoulder like you just don't care. Because like you're, I'm done, so good luck to you. No. Okay? Be thoughtful. Be a nice human being. And then you do your walk off the stage, celebrating the fact that you crushed Q&A, okay? And then be nice backstage. Don't, don't gloat, don't cry. Ask how your other contestants went, knowing full well you did better than them because you listened to what I just said. I'm joking, but maybe you did, okay? So, if you want <laughs> any advice with this, you can always email me on uh, info at thepageantproject.com. You can send me a DM. Please don't be one of those people who tries to scam me with 100 questions. If you need a proper session, book in a proper session at thepageantboss.com. 
pay for the session. I mean, like until the 25th of April, they're only like 40, I think it's 47 American dollars for a session. And the last session I did was two and a half hours long. It's supposed to be an hour. So, you know, pay the man, as I would say. <laughs> Don't be one of those annoying pageant queens who tries and get everything for free and ask a billion questions over someone's DMs. I'm, I'm, I, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to pay me for like a one-word answer, but if you have a one-word, like a simple question, ask it in my DMs. If you need a session on Q and A, and you'll know if you need it. Let's be honest. Then book in. We can have a session, and you listen to this, and I, I can actually run you through some of those questions. Uh, for, uh, with you and then actually record it and play it back to you straight away and give you some pointers because one-on-one advice always is gets you that little bit further because it's more tailored to you but what I've told you just now you do that I guarantee you, and you do it properly and you practice you're going to be ahead of 99% of the other people because they don't know this stuff and specifically I mean the psychology part of it the physiology focused language people don't talk about that because people don't know it. that's psychology that's not pageantry Okay, but psychology is everything. It's part of everything. I don't care what you're doing, even in your day-to-day life, your career, your relationships, your health, right? If you don't have a psychology, a mindset of health and fitness, you're not going to get there. No, it doesn't matter how many mechanics, you know, right? If you take everything I've just told you, but you take out the psychology, you go out there and you try and do it when you're nervous and you're crapping your pants, you, it's not going to do, you're not, you do better than if you had no technique, but you're still not going to do really well. You're still not going to win. So, Booking for a session if you need it, okay? Thepageantboss.com. Otherwise, email me, message me with any questions. I'm going to say good luck to all the Miss World Australia contestants that I've interviewed. I worked out it's like five of them, I think, competing this weekend. And I went, geez, I've interviewed that many Aussie queens recently. I thought I hadn't interviewed any. Um, it's always nice to interview a homegrown queen and hear that Australian accent on the other side of the line, mate. You know, water. <laughs> I, I take so many pains to say water because I know that I have a largely international audience and people's like, what's water? Oh, water. Glass of water, as they would say in America. Have a great day. I'll speak to you in the next episode of thepageantboss.com. That's the, the Pageant Boss Podcast. Bye. Are you someone with big pageant dreams but you're feeling kind of stuck? Especially after 2020? Maybe you've lost your motivation. Maybe you've lost your purpose. Or maybe you're just not sure what your next step in pageantry should be. Over the last 12 months, I've worked with clients from systems such as Universe, World, International, USA, and Grand. I've helped girls get their motivation back, rediscover their purpose, and develop an unstoppable mindset. Sometimes, one conversation is all it takes to completely turn your life around and I'm opening up my coaching calendar to you for the first time just for listening to this podcast. So open a browser and head to thepageantboss.com where you can now book in for private one-on-one sessions with myself. Booking is immediate and you could be up and running in less than 48 hours. Don't let 2021 be the year that got away. Book in now at thepageantboss.com and I'll see you in the next episode of the Pageant Boss Podcast.